0: there planet earth and happy friday look finally looks like a beautiful day for golf and baseball this week it's friday and it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. I, see why am I or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders advocating on their behalf as well as their employees. I believe very strongly in sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connections. So every single Friday, you can find me right here on talkradio.myc doing just that, lending what's left of my mind and my voice. To this live radio show where I interview SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. One thing that I've noticed over the years is that some of the absolute best thought leadership for SMBs happens on Friday, just about the time we feel that freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're all so anxious to start the weekend, myself included. These crucial pearls of wisdom and clarity, they're often overlooked, they're forgotten, they're swept aside under the rug in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on Always Friday, we take advantage of that week on Freedom and Clarity. We discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. Just FYI, the name of the show is not Just to play on words, my last name means free in German, so quick uh, little tidbit for all you guys out there, a little method behind my madness. Today's episode of Always Friday is brought to you by SDA Wealth Strategies, a boutique financial services firm in the Hudson Valley, New York area, offering personal wealth management and comprehensive business solutions for its clients. SDA stands for simplifying financial lives, designing financial strategies, and advocating to implement them. SDA offers a concierge experience for individuals and business, the firm's highest priority, is always their client's best interest while empowering people and businesses to be consciously proactive and to thrive today tomorrow and beyond to learn more visit sdawealthstrategies.com we're wrapping up a very exciting week the golf masters tournament is underway with the return of tiger woods from his accident and opening day for major league baseball was yesterday i'm a little more emotional this week than usual not just because of my excitement around golf baseball and softball my older daughter hayden is turning 10 tomorrow And we're taking her and 15 of her friends to see Sonic 2, which I remember Sonic being popular when I was a kid, but uh, taking her over to the movie theater. In addition to reminding me how old I am, there's been a whole lot of reflection this week on being a parent, starting a family, and judging the good old work-life balance over the last 10 years. It's definitely gone by very quickly. I joined both my daughters for a matzah baking event at their Hebrew school last weekend, which was a hell of a lot of fun. I've been looking at pictures from last weekend and also from the last 10 years with my daughter, experiencing the tugging of my heartstrings the entire time. So I just wanted to share that quick personal sentiment as it's very relevant to our show today, which is all about the master of emotional relevance. So, what is emotional relevance, you may ask? I promise you're going to hear plenty about it today. In the world of SMBs, it is a powerful tool that will enable you to be remembered the way you choose and impact whoever you are doing business with on the level you desire. Getting personal is an important part of emotional relevance, which actually may be uncomfortable for some people. However, utilizing emotional relevance will also help you learn to get out of your comfort zone. And according to some out there, that's where life begins, at the end of your comfort zone. So our special guest not only trademarked the term emotional relevance, but exhibits relentless passion through mentoring, motivational speaking engagements, and coaching around the world, utilizing the power of a more human interaction through different means of communication. Talk is cheap. We all know that. We're on talkradio.myc. We don't want this to just be talk. The goal, once again, let's use the insight on the SMB landscape and create more impact on Monday morning. It's far too often. SMBs are focused on the product that's going to solve all their problems. The shiny new mousetrap, one consistent thing I see out there every single day is that products change in everything that we do. Personal and business, there's no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first, keeping a focus on the process that's going to help you achieve your goals. As long as you do that, the right products will be there when you need them. Everything begins and ends with the people. So in the spirit of surrounding yourself with the right people, we have a great show for you here today. Our special guest is none other than Alan Zybert, business consultant and people connoisseur at AFZ Consulting. Alan is a relationship driven sales executive, who's been taking advantage of his energetic personality and interpersonal psychology throughout his career. Along with a track record of bottom line results and management experience, Alon has been able to achieve the reputation of an impactful and motivational leader. In his most recent corporate role, Alon worked for Travel Leaders Group, a $20 billion organization as the vice president of sales for the corporate travel division. Alan's true passion is to give through mentoring motivational speaking engagements once again uh, on specifically on the topic of emotional relevance and really elaborating on the different means of communication. Alan's gift of storytelling is evident in his popular blog, Two Weeks Notice, a touch of emotional relevance every couple of weeks where he brings to life examples of relationship building and emotional relevance after many years of studying American culture. Alan has learned to view the nuances of his teachings through intercultural and interpersonal perspectives, a multifaceted talent who loves engaging an audience with his singing, which we're going to hear more about later, and was once a professional basketball player overseas. Alon is the man and the best person I could think of to chat with about this topic, especially since he trademarked the term. As always, we will discuss my favorite questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who is the artist you'd like to hear play it? Joining us today from his home in the Atlanta metro area before he has to run to his older daughter's next volleyball match in Kansas City, Alon, welcome to Always Friday. Great to see you, brother. Wow. Wow.
1: I I want to say something before we start. Seriously, I was listening to you talk and hats off to you, man. I'm serious. Doing this every week, the way you're doing that, forget about what we're talking about. Just personal. This is personal now, me telling you as a human being, man, wow. Seriously, this is now, (laughs) I'm giving you a virtual hug. Steven, I mean it all heartedly. This is commendable.
0: So, I, I love virtual hugs. I love real hugs. I'm a hugging kind of guy. But I, I know
1: what, you are, I, even though we never met in person yet. But I really just pause for one second, man. I know you're embarrassed a little. I know, but just think about it for a second. You do it every week. Every week every every week. This is like I think your seventy something show. This is really commendable. So wow, thank
0: you. I really appreciate that. Thanks for tugging at my heartstrings even further this week. I'm gonna start crying here. So a lot. I gotta well, hear we gotta hear about your journey. You have to share with everybody how you got to where you are today. It's it's such a specialized talent that you have. Lay it on us.
1: Where do I even start? So you know, I've always had that special feel with people. Like I always knew that myself, but I also was always embarrassed about it because I thought that I was different. I was weird. Uh, not enough that I'm <laughs> weird as it is. You know, I'm like, it, you know, at some point, in some situations I would even feel sometimes when I speak to an audience or when I speak in a room that there's another me kind of, you know, almost telling me what they feel, what they need right now. That I have like this sixth sense of sort, and it really started when I went to school in New York, and I was working as a tour guide. I was working as a tour guide, and I was you know standing it holding the microphone, at the uh, you know beginning of the of the bus talking to the fifty <laughs> people there. Sure, and I could see things that nobody else would see, like to a level like little things. I would be so sensible, so sensitive to things that. And I started getting emotional, like really emotional. But I would always hold it in because, as you know, in our westernized, modernized world today, sharing emotions is still considered a weakness. You know, you even yourself, without thinking about it two minutes ago, said, oh, I'm going to start crying in a second, (laughs) so let's move on. I'm dying to see a ceo a vp a manager of a group doesn't matter at a big sales pitch get emotional and really let the tears come out in front of everybody what the hell is so wrong with that
0: there's nothing wrong with that and and anytime i feel like i've seen something that resembles that it always still seems staged somehow so i totally right there with you i i do like to wear my heart on my sleeve so
1: i'm so i was you know, I, I kept feeling like I'm different, but all of a sudden I start talking and people listen and I start commenting on specific things that I notice and people react to it. People start coming to me on the side, like, oh my God, I can't believe you noticed. Thank you very much. And, you know, things like that start happening happen more and more. And, you know, my friends started telling me over the years, okay, how did you do that? How did you impact that person that way? Okay. Um, And, you know, I'll just lead to, I guess, the the biggest trigger in my career was I was a VP sales at a technology company based in Indiana. And my boss back then, who's now a friend and a mentor, um, I was, you know, heading sales and account management team. And I went to a customer meeting in Virginia. And we had like 11 or 12 people in the room, big room, two and a half hour session. This is my, the first time my boss back then, Alan, came with me to the meeting to see, to see his new, his new VP sales, right? Now, mind you, he knew about me from the industry and he called me up when he hired me, when he recruited me, he said, hey, Alan, we need you to come and shake things up a bit. <laughs> which, which I give him all of the Credit and respect because not a lot of companies, not a lot of managers, right, have the guts to say, okay, I'm going to go with what I feel, what I really feel. And we'll get to that later. But anyways, he comes with me and we had a two and a half hour session. We go out in the rental car, right? I'm literally shifting to reverse and I'm looking back to back up. And he goes, I won't stop for a second. Put it in parking. And I'm looking at him, what happened? Dude, I have the chills right now just thinking about it because he looks at me and he goes, Alon, I was there with you in the room. I saw what you did. More importantly, I felt what happened in the room. But I wanna tell you two things. Well, three things. One, I have no idea how you did it, no clue. I was there. I felt it. I saw it. No idea how you did it. So the two things he actually, you know, wanted to to leave me with was one. Keep doing it. I got your back. Okay, just I, whatever you need. What I got you. Just go. And thank God, the next two years that I was there with him, we were very successful. Okay, very successful. So that was awesome. The second thing he told me is. I urge you to go look into it, study it, research, find out what this thing is. And this really started my journey of looking into what then came to become emotional relevance.
0: That's awesome. And I I could I could feel the CEO sentiments just from the time that I've spent with you thus far is like, not not only do I see what you're saying and understand it, I feel it. So I had the chills just waiting for the answer as as well. So uh, we're going to we're going to take a quick break, Alon, but we will be right back. My man, Alon Zybert, business consultant and people connoisseur with AFC Consulting. Stay with us.
2: Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
0: Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. And it's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my friend, Alan Zybert, business consultant and people connoisseur at AFZ Consulting. When, Alan, when you were talking about the CEO that you used to work with and you were introduced to the, the company as the VP of sales uh, and made such an impact on the room. I couldn't help thinking of the idea that in order for people to really engage with you, do business with you, you know, really three things need to happen. They need to like you, they need to trust you, and they have to think you know what you're talking about. They have to think you're some type of an expert. And I just look at some of the quotes you have out there. It's essentially, what we're promoting is trust, and trust is a relationship Based on emotions and relevancy, some of the genesis behind your emotional relevance. But to take it a step further, before we kick things off with the method behind your madness, if we just sit out by my fire pit and have a quick, quick storytelling session here, you know, in order to care, people need to feel, period. When businesses look to train their employees, to, a lot of times to increase productivity, I still find that they focus too much on the product, the products they're trying to sell, the product of more money in their pockets. It's always the idea of there needs to be the right combination of hard skills and soft skills, what you know versus how you interact with other people. A lot of times I'll talk about that as what you say versus how you say it, where how do you say it is something that's really, really important. I love what you're doing because there needs to be so much more focus on the soft skills, both in person and virtual. Like you, you you talk about the mood and language for email, online interactions, as well as shaking somebody's hand, and having a face to face meeting at every touch point. There should be some type of an emotional element. And I, I, this is stuff that you've said and I totally agree with it. You also referenced the Maya Angelou quote that says, I've learned that people will forget what you've said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. When we were talking before the show and you said humans have a need, not a want to feel some type of connection. I just it can't help but think how do prospects and clients feel after they interact with you? So your type of journey and the type of work that you do, I feel is so important. And when, when companies are trying to do training for their staff, it's a lot of times something that they, they miss is the more, the more human emotional element of it. So this is the method part of the show, the science behind what you do, Alon. Talk to us a little bit about the method behind your madness.
1: Man, you get me so emotional because I'm, I'm so passionate about this because I feel, right? And, and it's people, when they come out of the woodwork and they just admit, usually it happens in the hallways or in the parking lot, you know, it's like, yeah, that was awesome. You know, I'll, I'll tell you in a second the, the, the method, uh, I was at a, at, a, at a sales pitch in my previous work at a big brand name, big brand name. And it was an amazing pitch. We prepared very well. It was five of us and it was like 14 of them, okay? Mainly women, by the way. And you know how when you have like a successful meeting, right? At the end of it, a lot of of times you just feel like you want to hug the people. Like, that was great. Thank you, right? But you're bound to the handshake and the little tap but inside you just want to really hug them and you know they want to hug you too right (laughs) so at that at the end of that session at the end of that session one of the managers on the other side on the on the big brand i'm not going to say the name but one of them you know Kind of walking in the big room between the people. Thank you. That was great. Yes, we'll talk to you next week. By the way, we won the business. a Couple of weeks later, a big business. We it was big business. We won it. But during that that meeting, and as we were saying goodbye, right, and we have that feeling of hugging, but nobody's doing it because it's corporate America and we're in the boardroom. <laughs> you know, one of the ladies there, when I got close to her, we looked at each other. We just hugged. Naturally, we just hugged. That was awesome and thank you very much. And she walked us out of the car. Dude, four days later, I get a call that one of the ladies in the room felt a little uncomfortable because we were hugging. (laughs) So it's still out there. It is still out there, which by the way, I get it. Not all people like to hug, but the fact that we position emotions, okay, personal emotions, on a pedestal of almost a taboo okay where on the human need of science we need that we do need that by yes. the way there's a research that shows that the US is one of the top touch phobic societies in the world and it also shows the impact of that on the level of violence and depression in that so- in this society here right yeah. how crazy yeah. is that okay let's get to the
0: method what you said is really important just now cuz like i know exactly what you're saying with the corporate america feeling that a lot of times folks like that tired boring meeting feeling of just checking a box but uh, yeah you know, I, you, g- give us the method man the sci- the, sci- the science behind what you do we got to hear it it's a combination of psychology
1: neuroscience and emotional intelligence okay and what i did is i broke it down to three pillars it's a combination. It's like a cocktail. It's not either, you know, or it's three pillars. The first one is stand out. This is where you want to create the curiosity. You want to be a little different. And you could be a little different at the subject of the email. You could be a little different when you start a Zoom meeting. You can be a little different when you open up a, um, you know, a boardroom meeting or a little different at a dinner. It doesn't matter a little different. It doesn't have to be huge, okay? But when you do that, you, you know, think about the element of surprise. When you're surprised, you go through a little bit of an emotional poking, okay? And I want to open parentheses. One of the biggest premises of emotional relevance based on the science that when we go through an emotional experience, it is engraved in our mind. We remember it. If I ask you, where were you when the Twin Towers got hit? and you take a deep breath for a second, and you think, where you where were you? Who were you with? What was the time of day? Maybe the color of the walls you'll even remember. Maybe even what you were wearing. You will remember everything, okay? Why? Yep. Because it was an emotional experience. If I asked you what you had for breakfast last Wednesday, you probably won't remember because it wasn't an emotional experience, okay? The concept is that we, it doesn't have to be as traumatic or dramatic as the Twin Towers. It could be little things like a little joke that gets you emotional or sharing something about your daughter, right? That is a little emotional, okay? But that's what I call you're planting an emotional anchor. Now, what I did now when telling you about getting you thinking about the 9-11 I triggered that emotional anchor, okay? So think about for a second with customer relationship, if you could control the emotional, right? Over the relationship by planting emotional anchors along the way and triggering them again and again and again, right? Which you know for a fact, it leads to a higher level of trust, like you said, higher level of openness, right? Game over, okay? So first one was, Stand out. The second one is make an impact. This is where the real emotional piece comes in, okay? Making an impact is where you really want to have a lasting experience. Now, it takes time. It's not a one-time thing. It takes time, okay? But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you might not remember my name, which is fine, okay? People who are listening right now might not remember my name, okay? But a year from now, Somebody would say something about emotional relevance. Somebody would talk to you about something. Oh, yeah, that guy, that guy, man, I felt this, or I, that's the making an impact. And the third one is get personal. Okay. And this is in the US, one of probably the hardest things to do. Just like you said, it's getting you outside of your comfort zone because we have been taught not to share personal things, not to open up in corporate world. But man, it's been proven, especially in the last few years, that it works. People want to be people who they are. You talked about Friday earlier, how people feel more comfortable Friday because they are more themselves. They are less corporate-like, right? They're already on the weekend. They're more laid back, you know, casual Friday. The whole notion of that culture You know, I I mentioned to you earlier about Kim Scott from Google uh, in her talk, uh, Radical Candor. She talks at the beginning about how we have been taught to leave our emotions at home when we go to work. It's like we're turning into something there where we're not bringing our own selves. So get personal. Get personal. Go ahead there. And every time I do that exercise with people I work with, right? Because once you do that, people are like oh okay that feels good i yeah. was me. it's almost like you got permission to be you and this is some of what i do i give you the permission to be you i prove to you that the other side actually wants that too right because we're all human
0: yeah. So uh, no, without a doubt, permission for you to be you and even things like story based selling, which again, sharing stories I'm very passionate about. I know you are too. That's what people identify with. They don't identify with product knowledge and all that. They want to make sure you have it if you're gonna if they're gonna work with you. But what makes that emotional anchor, that that big impact, the lasting impact, is being able to know each other as people. And and despite some of the training, even that's out there, I still, I, I still see organizations, you know, maybe embracing a little bit of it, but still pushing the other side of just the hard skills. So I know that somewhere in the middle, there's a lot of beautiful music to be made, and I'm looking forward to talking about it more with you when we come back from this break. We All will right. be, we will be uh, chatting further with my man, Alan Zibert, uh, business consultant and people connoisseur with AFZ Consulting. Stay with us. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my friend Alon Zibert, business consultant and people connoisseur with AFZ Consulting. We were talking about a lot of things in the last segment. Uh, some of the the science behind what Alon does and the neuroscience and psychology side of emotional relevance is very intriguing to me. But it just there's some of it almost seems really simple. It's like just being a person and recognizing other people as individuals and getting to know each other and each other's stories and where it all meets in the middle, yet... I could see a lot of folks that you you probably work with a lot, I'm just like trying to find that magic bullet, like in there somewhere, where it's just like, let me wave the magic wand, and everybody is as en- engaging as you. But this is the part of the show where we we like to dive into the madness a little bit, the artistic observational view, things that you see from the field, and you have given us a little bit, th- you know, thus far. I want to get get a little deeper into it. But one thing I, I saw in some some of your literature that's out there is, and you mentioned it earlier, you know how sometimes you meet someone Someone and after a few seconds, you just feel that something is there. You can tell there's a connection and an energy of some sort. Well, this is how you are all the time. This is how I try to be all the time, and I I definitely felt that from the first moment of meeting you. So I'm very excited to hear about the stories that you have from the field because I'm sure there's no shortage of them. But let's let's share some with the audience. Tell us a little bit about some of the madness you see out there.
1: You know, Stephen. Um A couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine told me, Alon, man, it's you. I mean, how can you teach that? It's you. You're special. I mean, I know what you do. I can't explain it, but I'd love to do some of it. But I don't know if, if I can. How can you? So, you know, I explained to him what I explained to a lot of my clients. It's just like going through a sales training right? You have the entire methodology, you know, you have all of the approach, you have the booklet, the workbook, et cetera, et cetera. And when you go through the first few sessions, maybe you pick up one or two things, right? Maybe you pick up one or two things. Uh, because some of the things I teach is tools, how to be more impactful, how to be more personal, right? It's a process. It's hard to change somebody's DNA. Sure. And maybe even even if you can't be like me all the time. By the way, uh, sometimes I want to turn it off, Stephen. Sometimes I want to turn it off, but you know, that's me, and I learned to accept it. So it takes a while, it takes time. And outside, unfortunately, again in our society, corporate America has just programmed us to God forbid, right? Get a, a make a friend at work. Oh my god, I have stories for you that it, it's really ridiculous. But I do want to share a story with you that I think encapsulate a lot of it, okay? And this is before I became the master of emotional relevance. This is because (laughs) I I told you I always done that. I just didn't know what it is, etc. So, I was working for a technology company, and uh, we were selling to this guy in New York. Um, And for about three months, we've been on calls. Uh, We never actually seen each other, not even on Zoom. It was just calls. Um, maybe two, three months we're talking. And then uh, one of my pre sale sorry, I clicked the mute by mistake. Uh, one of my sales engineers and I came to see that guy in New York in his office. Okay. And we walk in, the two of us, The the admin office manager walks us in and she says he's on the phone He's going to finish in a minute, but please, he has to walk you into his office. We walk into his office. Steven, I swear to God, this is how it happened. He's on the phone talking, signaling us that he's seen us. And he and I lock eyes. And it's almost he's saying, are you alone or is this guy alone? (laughs) And like, it's like. We acknowledged each other in an emotional level. And I look at him and I just go, that's me. Okay. Because we, again, we developed a little relationship on the phone in the last couple of months. Never yep. met. I'm selling this guy some software, right? We're selling him some software. And he's sitting on the phone and he is looking at me. We acknowledge each other. A minute later, two minutes, he hangs up. He walks over around his desk. He shakes the hand of the pre-sale guy, guy. And he looks at me. And we just, boom, go.
2: <laughs> Bear hug. Oh, my God.
1: I mean, how do you explain that?
0: How do you explain that, well, that Steven? Like, I'm going to explain it the way you, you put it to me the other day. Because I absolutely love this. The power of presence without being present.
1: Yeah. So... This was a big moment for me. By the way, this guy and I are good friends today. And this is where I go to some of my clients I work with on a little scale, right? If you think about a scale for a second friend here, client here. Sure. Okay. Where are you in between in your relationship with your client? Where are you? How much of a friend do you want to be? How much of a client do you want to be? What entails that? And you know, I I did a speaking engagement a couple of weeks ago and I started the the, the engagement by saying, if you called and if, if there's anything that the audience want to take away today, something to think about for the weekend, if you call your client right now and they see your name pop up on the phone, how do they feel? Would they pick up? And here's the last question. Are you at a level of trust with them that you can consult with them on something personal? So start by how did how do they feel? Now, emotional relevance giving you the power to control how they feel. Oh, and by the way, when they call you, how do you feel?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so listen, in the middle of the call, of the talk, of the talk I did a couple of weeks ago, I just picked up the phone and called one of my clients. They picked up. And I said, everybody in the room, shh, I put my, my phone on speaker and I said, and I asked him something personal. Steven, when I hung up, you could feel the energy in the room like, yes. whoa. Okay. So where are you on that scale? Okay. By the way, by the way, two weeks before that visit to New York, two weeks before that guy with his CTO were working very hard over the weekend in their office. And I knew they were in the weekend over the weekend because they sent me an email, okay. And I responded and I said, "What are you doing?" Like we're in the office, we have to blah blah blah. The the time was around eleven thirty a.m. At twelve fifteen p.m., there was a knock on the door of the office. Who do you think it was? Not me. Pizza guy, with a little note. Enjoy lunch because you're probably you know too busy to go out. Okay. It's just being proactive about thinking about that. That little gesture that cost me 25 bucks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cemented. That they'll always remember that, by the way. Always. Doesn't matter. Even if they don't remember my name. Right. They'll always remember the gesture. Okay. That's super powerful. So.
0: It, it, it comes with knowing your audience, too. And like, like, yeah. like, like I mentioned before that you mentioned to me, the power of presence without being present. You weren't there in person, but people felt your presence, you know, just over the phone and in the, in the midst before you even got there two weeks later.
1: The power of presence without being present is a program that I, I created for the virtual world. And there are ways to overcome the lack of, you know, the natural physical ambience when we go into the same room. Let me show you something super cool, tiny, but impactful, okay? What if for just three seconds, go ahead, turn to me. Go ahead, turn to me, Stephen. Go ahead, look at me. There you go. What if we were just looking like that and talking like that for a second? We're on Zoom, but the yep. audience is seeing us now talking and conversing, right? Yep. So, man, that's good, right? Here. <laughs> bump, come on, face bump. No, on the side. Oh, sorry. Right here. There you go. Boom. Okay. So there are things that you can do that somebody's watching us right now felt something, whether they laughed a little, whether they're like, oh, this is weird, or <laughs> whether, but we touch them. Okay. We touch them. And that's the essence. Now, we just touched them, or I just touched it, you know, with the pizza. That was an emotional anchor. Yes. Right. Two weeks later, two weeks later, when we got there in the office and he asked us, hey, do you want to go to lunch? And I said, I hope it's not pizza. (laughs) What did I do? I triggered that emotional anchor. And it's proven scientifically that when you do that, if you planted an emotional anchor earlier, and again, could be your daughter, could be sports, could be whatever is relatable, know your audience, right? Yep whatever is relatable, when you trigger that again, trust level goes up, your openness level go up, and you tighter in your relationship. And this is when the real issues come up. This is when you they, you allow yourself and your client to open up to a level where you really know their needs. Okay? And then it develops to a relationship. And when they go to another company or to doesn't matter, they will always seek for that feeling Yes. With you, that's why it's so important. When you said earlier, so many companies are focusing on product, service. They, you know, how well do you know the product? How well do you know? How well do you know the person? Yeah. How well do you know their needs? Right.
0: It, it's it's like you said before. I want to go back to this for a minute. Yeah. You know, how like when somebody calls you if your client calls you, how, 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 does, how does it make you feel like, or like you call a client, would they pick up? Like, would they consult with you on something personal? You know, keep in mind that it's a lot of times businesses forget that they're people they're in the, like the, the businesses are individual businesses that have individual needs. One product that works for one business isn't going to work for another business the same way that something that works for an individual is not going to work for another individual. Absolutely. And they continually forget it.
1: And, and it's, it's, look, it's very clear. When I'm leading a sales team or preparing for a meeting, not everybody's going to be happy or everybody. I, I won't be appealing to everybody the same. Some people don't like my style. Some people won't resonate with that. Great. Who's on our team that can resonate better with them? Okay. That makes perfect sense. Know them, know your style, right? And, and it's okay. By the way, also, I can turn it off a little. I can tone it down a little, okay, if needed. I don't want to, but.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to either, but I'm right there with you. It's, you know, times where I really want to turn it off is the middle of the night when I can't turn the brain off, but uh, it's, uh, it, you're not going to please everybody. And that's. Oh. But but and I've, I I came to terms with that a long time ago. Even though I try to be a people pleaser, but just being emotionally aware and emotionally intelligent and yes. emotional emotionally curious, like of what's driving a person, not just the business. When you're learning about other businesses that you're trying to sell to and whatnot, but just learning what 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 makes people tick. Yeah, completely. very very important. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Alan Zybert, business consultant and People Connoisseur with AFC Consulting, the master of emotional relevance. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Alon Zybert, business consultant and people connoisseur at AFC Consulting, the master of emotional relevance. Talked about a lot of great stuff here today, Alon, but your three three pillars of, of the emotional relevance side stand out you know, make an impact and get personal. It, it just it resonates so deeply with me. I know we're going to leave the audience with a whole bunch of great sound bites, But this is the method part. This is the method part. This is the message part of the show here. The whole idea from weekend insight to Monday impact Take some of that Friday freedom and clarity and openness that people have and use it to create more impact come Monday morning. So, you know, if you know, you've, you've definitely you've put some great stuff out there into the ether where people really need to be conscious of, of the, the need that people have, not a want, but the need for a connection, emotional anchor, if you will. But, you know, give everybody a, just a little bit of how they can remember over the weekend some of the words of wisdom that you've imparted and how they could put it into practice with their, their staff, their, their partners, anybody that they do work with to really get closer and, and really start to, to grow their efforts.
1: Yeah, I know it, it may sound a little tacky, but if you think about it for a second, the whole basis of emotional relevance based on you know, being genuine. And as I told you at the beginning, I was ashamed for many, many years of who I was, um, of my emotions that I felt. Um, and it's funny because secretly... Anybody you talk to secretly, right, they actually like that. They're very much the same, most people. Uh, It's just, again, we've been told for many, many years not to show that. And when we are given permission to show that, then it's okay. Then it's okay. So, you know, I would say over this weekend or when you hear this, try something small about that, Be about being you, in the sense that you feel comfortable being you emotionally, which means maybe just talk to a stranger because you feel like it and you always hold back because you're not supposed to, right? Or maybe share something personal with a client. Don't go crazy but if, if you don't want to, but share something personal. Hey, past weekend, I tried meditation for the first time.
0: I tried exactly. baking matz baking matzah for the first time. I, I actually never matzo did that
1: for the first time. Doesn't matter. Okay, <laughs> I got emotional uh, watching Tiger Woods. I know nothing about golf, but man, I got emotional. What do you think? Right. So you're poking now, and you're trying. So the, you know the bottom line is try to be you in a genuine manner, slowly. Okay, just be personal, more personal. Get outside of your comfort zone just a little, and see how it feels.
0: You know, it's one one thing that I keep thinking about with our with our discussion is a lot of times when you're talking to a business owner, like if you line up I always use this example, if you you line up 10 plumbers next to each other and you ask what do you do, you're going to get a relatively similar response from each one of them. But if you go down the the road of trying to learn more about them and their journey and how they got to where they are today, like we always do in the beginning of the show here, you're going to get 10 different stories. And each one of those stories is going to make a little bit of a different impact on the conversation. Whereas when you just talk about what you do, as opposed to how you did it, it's you know it might, it might just get lost in the in the in the mix. You agree?
1: Totally agree. Totally agree. And by the way, you know you're talking to me today. I'm in an emotional state, but you're talking to me in a few days. I might be at a different a different emotional state, so I'll respond different which is the next level of emotional relevance. When you say about knowing your audience, right? There are ways when you start a conversation or a communication with a client or with a colleague to identify what emotional state they are. And by the way, one of the ways to do that is to share from your side because it's proven that when you do share, the other side wants to share as well. When you shared about your daughter, I can guarantee you, anybody listening that has a daughter, around that age, okay, wanted to say, Oh, I did with my daughter that. It's a natural <laughs> thing. So if you poke that, okay, magic happens.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. And you know, like we were saying earlier, it's it's not it's not necessarily going to go over the same way with everybody. Some people need to have that type of corporate interaction where everything's scheduled and agended yep. and very pointed out. And this is, th- these are the tools that are being used. And that's what needs to be dwelled on. But it's like, I think about, you know, some of my colleagues along the way, you know, you could remember the old school stereo systems with the equalizer and all the different knobs and everything on it where there's a million different ways to filter the music. Yeah. but then then I have some people that I worked with where there's just a volume knob it's like just loud loud or soft that's it like just yeah. turn it up and I, and I think about you like being somebody who loves to sing but also sing in front of the audience like and, and really captivate the room some some folks will, will be intrigued by the idea of you just grabbing the mic and ripping it right in front of them and some some won't be but you just you you, you learn how to be be you the best way that you can in these forums you know my uh deepest
1: fantasies are to get people to go through an emotional ride when they speak with me when they hear me doesn't matter at what format so yes i sing locally at a cover band it's a hobby it's a passion i love it we just perform three times a year maybe cuz we're all busy etc but still it's it's amazing but i'll tell you my blog you mentioned my blog earlier Every time I write a blog, when I, oh, exit 10, there's my band. Hey, guys. (laughs) Um, So when I think about somebody reading my blog, right? And sometimes I'm lucky enough to see people actually reading my blog. And all I'm looking for is for them to read it and go, huh, that's it. That's the little emotional anchor. That I got. So whether it's through the blog, whether it's through singing, whether it's through speaking engagement, whether it's it's through my you know client engagement, consulting, um it's that, right? It's that over time, but it's that. And and by the way, it's hard because it's sometimes like you mentioned earlier, it's you just feel it. How do you explain that? You just feel it. You How feel many it. people you've heard saying, sometimes you just feel it, you feel the energy in the room, you feel it. it's hard to explain. Okay. Sometimes you just feel it. It's hard to explain that, but I'm lucky enough to be able to, (laughs) to do what I do.
0: What you just mentioned with what you do is a lot of the reason I, I do this show on a weekly basis is just to, if I get that type of reaction, huh? you know, from like the same way that you talked about the blog, you know, from folks out there who are listening, but also from the the special guests that I'm interviewing. It's that is it's just it's it makes for such a great experience. And then the content that we generate from it is that much better received. So just being able to, again, share the stories, provide the perspective, create the connection. The connection is the biggest end product that I could ever give anybody, no matter what products and services that I represent. So that's that's the idea that I try to get out there. And I, I really appreciate Appreciate you joining me here today, Alon, because it really seems like we we're cut from the same cloth and have similar DNA of really trying to, to make to leave people better off than when we found them to make that type Truly of impact.
1: Pleasure. Truly a pleasure,
0: Stephen. Really. Before I let you go, I am going to share the answers that you gave me to my favorite questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it, besides yourself and your band, obviously. But uh, your favorite movie character, you said, was Patch Adams. So Patch Adams, for those who haven't seen it out there, so true story. Heroic man, Hunter Patch Adams, determined to become a medical doctor because he enjoys helping people. He ventured where no doctor had ventured before, using humor and pathos in his, in his teachings and learning. So you said when, we, when I talked to you that there was a scene in the movie that really captured the idea of emotional, intelli- um, emotional intelligence, emotional relevance really well. Which, which part was that?
1: The hello experiment, right? That crazy, crazy genius doctor who got expelled from school for excessive happiness. Okay? Then he got back anyways. He goes out with his roommate. And talks about how we can change the traditional, right, approach in order to provoke an untraditional response, right? Yep. And he just being hung over, over a pole and says, surprises this old lady and his roommate says, oh, you scared her. Said, no, 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 no. I got to her. Wait, wait, wait. And then that old lady looked back and smiles and he says, we got, we got her. Yep. That was it. That was standing out, was a little different, making an impact, and he got personal. That was it.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's emotional relevance. That Spe- speaking of the traditional approach to pro- provoke uh, un- untraditional responses, your favorite TV show is Outlander which is one that I, I've, heard, I've heard of as of late. So an English combat nurse from 1945 mysteriously swept back in time to 1743. I always love shows that involve time travel and historical reflections, but there's way more here. It's like you spoke about with me how the show really makes you feel, and I felt it, the rawness of the 18th century, that people is. looking at into each other's eyes, the romance. Like, have you ever spoken to your clients about, like, imagine it's the 18th century, not the 21st century, so we can get real about feelings? No, but I'm definitely going to not now going to do that. <laughs>
1: <It's a> great, <laughs> yeah, baby. Way to put him in there. Yes. I love the genuine the rawness, you know, the romance, the the, the the sex, the violence, the gentleman agreement there. I love that. Yeah.
0: I love love it as well. Your favorite musical instrument and the artist you'd like to hear play it? You said you're a fan of the brass section, so you said the trumpet and Miles Davis. Oh. So among, among the most influential and acclaimed figures in the history of jazz, uh, like you, I I know you had mentioned this to everybody, but Alon also sings in a cover band in the Atlanta area. So the band is called Exit Ten, and because one of the band members lives off Exit Ten, which to me, honestly, Alan sounds like it should be the name of a Jer- New Jersey-based band where I live. But uh, yeah, Alon and his bandmates are all Israeli, and they sing songs in both Hebrew and in English. Just a rock star through and through. Whether he's in front of the room, you know, training and educating people on emotional relevance, or he's on stage sing- singing singing his heart out. Yeah, man.
1: Listen, thank you so very much. Really.
0: I... No, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for being here. You've touched my heartstrings. I hope we together touch some heartstrings of people out there. The work that you do is invaluable and your passion for it comes through with every word that you speak. Please visit alonzibert.com. A-L-O-N-Z-A-I-B-E-R-T. Subscribe to the blog, download the ebook. You'll be glad that you did. Coming up next week, we're going to talk a little bit about the state of commercial real estate with my buddy, George Denman, president at Oxford Commercial Appraisal Management. A lot of businesses have embraced the virtual environment and relinquished their office space. Does that mean the world of commercial real estate is experiencing massive losses? Well, we'll hear a little bit more detail next week from my buddy George. Until then, thank you so much for joining us on Always Friday here on talkradio.nyc. We hope you got some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time after Tommy D on Philanthropy in Focus. Bye-bye, everybody.